Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence. Thank you for checking out the show. Super Bowl is less than 24 hours away from the time that I am recording this. I told you I was going to follow up on the previous preview of the Super Bowl after the AFC and NFC title games. And now I have more information. Not that it matters. Like it, two weeks is. I actually think that the two weeks is fine because it allows us to talk about football a little longer than if the Super Bowl was right after the NFC and AFC title game. There are a couple of things I do want to talk about, just from hearing some of the experiences that other people have had out in Vegas, and one of the things that's come up as a story inside of Super Bowl week. I know that everyone thinks that Vegas is the perfect place to hold a Super Bowl. And the stadium's pretty nice. I don't I don't know. It it just seems like there's from stories that I've heard, whether it's uh Carmen Vitali or Kaylin Kaler telling us about how some of these press conferences were working or my guy Josh Schrock, who's out there on Radio Row, Jason Leisure. I don't know if it's the best place to hold. It was one of those things where I had no interest at all, like none, of even entertaining the idea of going out to Vegas for the Super Bowl. It just seems like it's going to be a cluster. And let me tell you this. Maybe I've just now outgrown Vegas. Like That's very possible that I I went there two years ago, and I didn't spend a lot of time in Vegas. I spent most of my time in Summerlin and at Blue Diamond, like hiking. It's not as fun. This was not what the plan was going to be, by the way, for this podcast. I guess just it's a stream of consciousness now. But Vegas is not as fun for me anymore. And I don't find it to be very affordable. And here's what I mean. I'm a man that enjoys a good table game, blackjack, craps. Occasionally, you can find me in a poker room. You can't gamble there anymore. Look, I've got enough money where if I gamble, I don't feel bad. Like, I don't feel like I've gambled the mortgage away or anything like that. 
but I'm never someone like like I'll just keep it a, a buck with you. I guess five bucks with you. The most that I would ever like carry with me in cash to gamble is five hundred dollars, which is a pretty sizable amount, I think, from where I started. Where if I lost a hundred dollars back in the day, I was shit out of luck and it was like, nope. But what I noticed was back back in the day, wow, I sound like an old person. You would go to Vegas and you knew that the strip wasn't a place where you were going to get low table limits unless you're talking about early in the morning, like early, early, like before the sun rises in the morning, or I guess technically late at night for some people. So what'd you, what would you do? You'd go downtown. You'd hit up Fremont Street. you hit up Four Queens. you hit up Golden Gate, the Plaza, like all those places. Usually because you were getting better odds, like on blackjack, you were getting better odds and you were getting cheaper limit, the cheaper minimums, which is what I'm there for. Like, I'm not an expert craps player. I just love it. So for me, even if I lose $200 on a craps table, I'm, I feel like I'm better the next time that I play. And I don't want to spend $15 on on a minimum table. Call me cheap if you want to. But all those places are, like, going away. And all like when I went there, I was shocked. Because 15 is, like, I don't know. There's something about the 15 that bothers me. $10, man. What's up with that? $10 minimum. Let's do that. So, anyway. It just doesn't seem like, well, we'll see. I don't want to forecast doom. I'm guessing Usher will go out there and do his thing at halftime, and it'll be great. And and I will say that, for the most part, Vegas is pretty easy to get in and out of. So, yeah, I guess it can be in the rotation. Like, to me, it's pretty simple. Super Bowl cities should be confined to Miami, New Orleans, Phoenix, Los Angeles, and I guess if, if you want to, there's no more San Diego, so you can't do that. I mean, you could, but they won't, and Las Vegas. So I guess you could rotate between those five cities and have yourself an excellent Super Bowl. It just seems like, I don't know, there's something that's, the bloom is off the rose for Vegas. I was thinking about the end of, of the movie Casino, where he's kind of going through like the epilogue of the story and how Vegas changed and it's, you know, all junk bonds now and all of this stuff. I think that the city is due for another renaissance. I don't, it's still got, you know, it's dirty, grimy reputation, especially if you go downtown, but there's, if, if, if I'm not going to be treated with dirty, grimy table minimums, then why would I go down there? You know what I'm saying? Although Circa is the truth. I will say that. I was kind of skeptical because it had been a minute since I had been to Las Vegas, and I was like, wait, they're downtown? Circa is the truth. That place is gorgeous. It's so far. It It is a street. 
strip-like hotel in downtown. That's what I, I found out about Circa. I went there, and I stayed, and I was like, this place is dope. But the rest of downtown need to step their game up, especially if they jacking up the minimums on the table. All right, how about this? Now that I've complained about Las Vegas, how about when we come back, I talk about the football game that's going to be in Las Vegas. That's next. I feel pretty comfortable in my stance that I'm done betting against Patrick Mahomes. I don't even know if I'm going to bet the Super Bowl this year, but I'm pretty comfortable in the don't bet against that guy thing. I think that he's incredible. I was joking, or I guess half joking, with Dan earlier this week about how I have an ability to compartmentalize, and it has sometimes been looked upon as a negative. And I can understand it. Like, sometimes people who can compartmentalize seem detached. I always looked at it as I'm trying to get the the best thing done in the moment so the crisis will have to wait until we get everything kind of picked out like that's how I see it that's not how everyone else sees it everyone that's had to deal with me on a personal level doesn't always see it that way they sometimes see it as me being very cold and calculating and the truth is that I'm very like warm and spongy but when shit's got to get done, it's got to get done. And I I believe in that. And often I am capable of taking emotion out of things to further the cause, whatever the cause may be. I really admire the way that Patrick Mahomes is able to do that. He has got so much stuff swirling around him in his own family circle and yet he is able to compartmentalize and go out there and get the job done it's really impressive football coaches talk about distractions all the time and he doesn't seem to be distracted I think that he's done a good job of kind of squiring Travis Kelsey along keeping him from being a, a, a detriment to himself and I think if you listen to the New Heights podcast or have seen Travis talk about what his life was like when he was in college, shout out to his big brother, too. Because his brother, like, really, Jason Kelsey really looked out for Travis. If it weren't for Jason Kelsey, I don't think Travis would even be in the NFL. Because Jason's the one who, who, well, Travis, too, like, Travis did the work. But Jason's the one who went to their coach at Cincinnati and was like, I know my brother's a screw-up, but you got to give him another chance. And he he took, took advantage of having that chance. But Mahomes, to me, seems so capable of just being like, okay, let's go turn this thing on and go play ball. So to me, betting against him is silly. Still, I look at San Francisco and I say, man, they've got all these weapons and they're so good defensively. Their linebackers are tremendous. And I can't wait to see how they match up 
against this squad, like this offense. I really am. I really want to see how the 49ers linebackers say, hey, we we are up for the challenge. Will the lights be too big for Rashi Rice? I don't think so. I think that he's probably turned the corner. And inside of his rookie year, he has shown tremendous growth and the reasons why Patrick Mahomes was so into them drafting him. Seeing Travis Kelsey out there and knowing what he's done in the playoffs, it was almost like he flipped a switch. And he it wasn't like he played badly in the regular season. It just wasn't up to his standard. And his standard is Hall of Fame. Good. In the playoffs, he's been that dude. I was looking back at that that touchdown against Baltimore and the ball placement by Mahomes, the adjustment by Kelsey, it's, it's a beautiful football play. Tremendous football play. On the offensive side for San Francisco, Brock Purdy is going to have to make some plays with his legs. Like I'm, I'm convinced of that. Kansas City's defense has been tremendous. Their defensive backs are terrific. I think that if they're going to have a chance, like obviously you've got McCaffrey and Debo and Brandon Ayuk, who if, if I'm going to make one prediction, and Lord knows I could be wrong, but if I'm going to make one prediction, it's that Brandon Ayuk is going to have a big game. I think Ayuk is going to going to make some plays that his story is really incredible from defensive back, zero star high school recruit to junior college to getting to Arizona State, not playing immediately at, at Arizona State, and then turning into a guy who is close to superstardom as a wide receiver. Crazy number on him is that he's 31st in catches, but 7th in yards. That's wild. That tells me that there's some good run after the catch going on too. So, look for Brandon Ayuk to have a big day. It's so weird. I'll just say this, too. It's really weird to uh, be here again with these two teams four years later. Four years ago, I was in Miami. And we had talked to everybody. It was great. Like, media night down there was fantastic. Had a lot of fun. And then the world changed. Like, like. When I got back, the world was already changing. I, I don't have anything to back this up, but I'm convinced that I got COVID before Americans knew what COVID was. Because I came back. It was really, honestly, like, I've been thinking a lot about what went on that, that week leading into the Super Bowl. 
because there's been a lot of, of, of talk about Kobe Bryant because the anniversary of his death, and, and I was on a plane when he passed away, and, you know, I get off the plane, turn my phone on, and it's everywhere, like text messages, videos, like the news of the day. I remember we changed our whole show. We changed our entire show that Monday because we had hauled these plans from Radio Row but it didn't seem right to not spend the entire show talking about Kobe Bryant. From Kobe Bryant passing away and and the other people that were on that helicopter along with his daughter, the, the other members of her team, you go from that to this crazy Super Bowl covering it being in Miami for a week with NBC and doing the radio show and then I came back and I was I just felt terrible like head hurt couldn't really talk it, it was I think I slept for two days I think I got back on I'm pretty sure I got back on a Thursday and on Wednesday, on Wednesday, I had told Mitch, I said, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to go on Friday, meaning the show where I was going to be home. Like, I would be back in Chicago. And he was like, it's that bad? I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel right. I was like, I'll make it through Thursday's show because I'm here. And I was kind of done with all of my television responsibilities. But I don't. I'm leaving right after the show, and I'm coming home, and I don't think that Friday makes sense. I slept all day Friday and most of the day Saturday. Super Bowl Sunday, I was fine. We had people coming over, and I was okay. Like, you know, like I could function. But that wasn't until I had all the sleep in the world. It was bad. And then, you know, the world changes. You, The All-Star game happens. And I went, being at the All-Star game a couple weeks later or a week later here in the city, and the city put on, and it was phenomenal. And then I went to spring training, and I went and saw Joe Madden. Like, think about that. Like, Joe Madden was the man, became the manager of the Angels. I went and saw Joe. Like, and then, then all hell broke loose with COVID. So it's been... It's been quite the reminder, like the walk down, like where I was four years ago, like professionally and personally is completely different. How the world has changed is completely different. There's always football. So I'm not going to be betting against Patrick Mahomes. I don't... Like I said earlier, I don't know if I'm actually even going to bet. We'll see. But here's the one bet that intrigues me. You've hung on this long this long in this uh, this podcast. I'll give you one bet that intrigues me. Here, I can check the odds right now on my phone on FanDuel. I am intrigued by Travis Kelsey and Christian McCaffrey MVP. That's the one... That's the one where I'm like, yeah, that's what I, that's what I, I'm curious in because 
it was 16 to 1 with looking at the player props earlier this week on Travis Kelsey. I think that number has gone down to 14 to 1. But let me check. Sometimes it takes a little while to log in. But that one is interesting to me because of Narrative Street. Usually, if there's a pass catcher who's going to be the MVP, it makes it difficult for that person to be MVP because the quarterback who threw them the ball is most likely going to be the MVP, especially when the quarterback is Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. You don't ordinarily like give that away to a pass catcher. You usually give that to the quarterback itself. But it just feels like if he's the MVP, and right now it is, it's 14-1 to 1 on FanDuel. If, if he has a game like he had in the AFC title game, with everything else that's going on with him, the, the fairy tale ends with him being named MVP and Taylor Swift standing right next to him on the podium. And at 14 to 1, I kind of like those odds. I also like the idea of Christian McCaffrey being the MVP of the game. And he's going off at, at four, plus 460. The reason why is that in the playoff games that the 49ers have played, he's had two rushing touchdowns in those games. He's, a, he's more than a dual threat. and He's a multi-threat offensive player. And I could see, I could see Christian McCaffrey throwing a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Like, the toss to him and then he throws it to Ayuk or something like that. I could see that happening in the game. Those are the two bets that I'm sitting here really contemplating. And then I start looking at the over yards for Rasheed Rice and for Brandon Ayuk because I think they're both going to have really big games. It would be something, though, considering how good, how much defensive talent there is, that this could be a low-scoring game. The AFC Championship game was a low-scoring game. 17 points is not supposed to win you the AFC title, but when your defense plays real good, it does. For Bears fans, I am I want Chris Jones to be a Bear. Get him the Super Bowl and get him up out of there. He's still only 30 years old, and if the Bears have designs on stuff happening quickly, that's the type of guy that can help you make things happen quickly. So that's it. That's all I got. I appreciate you sticking around. By the way, we've we've kind of decided very quietly that we're going to call the the podcast that Layla does for this show, for this pod, we're going to call them Layla's Room, like inside of House of L, Layla's Room. She's got another episode coming up. We'll put it out next week. It's her and Chris Ranji. I can just tell you that it's magic. That's all I'm going to say. It's magic. So you'll be able to hear those two clowns get after it. You'll enjoy it, I promise. 
Happy Super Bowl to all. I'll talk to you next time. Peace.